0: The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU.
1: You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1.
2: Good evening, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. The time is 7.07. It is Tuesday, October 21st. And on behalf of the EOT team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Nick Savage. Tonight we have a very special edition of Eye on the Triangle for you. It is Diversity Education Week here at NC State. And we are participating by bringing you diversity education topics right here on Eye on the Triangle. That includes a summary of what is happening um, in MSA, This semester, what is happening at the Islam Fair later this week? An interview with the newly found GLBT Center director. But first, let's find out what's happening in the news beyond the headlines. This weekend news on Eye on the Triangle a brief rundown of the latest news.
1: A sudden blizzard Tuesday, October 14th in Nepal's Himalayan region has resulted in at least 27 deaths and about 70 more missing, according to Nepalese officials to Thursday, October 16th. The area was filled with international hikers, locals attending resident festivals and tourists due to hiking season reaching its peak because of the clear and cool air. Search teams had helped rescue dozens stranded and bodies being recovered are coming from under six feet of snow. The main obstacle, aside finding where bodies may be buried, is digging out the remains, which, even in just one spot, could take up to days. Protests over the 43 students that disappeared last month have continued to hold strong and filled five of Guerrero's town halls Thursday, October 16th, to call for the impeachment of the mayor of Iwala, Jose Luis Abarca. The state Congress approved the impeachment October 17th. The mayor has also been accused of ties to organized crime and involvement in the kidnapping itself. The protesters have vowed to take over all 81 of the municipal buildings in the state unless the students are returned and are calling for the resignation of Guerrero's state governor. Thousands have additionally marched in mass demonstrations in Mexico City in the weeks since the disappearance. After the kidnapping of hundreds of girls taking exams in secondary school in April by the armed fighter Boko Haram group, Back in April, the Nigerian government announced Saturday, October eighteenth, that it aims to secure the release of two hundred of the kidnapped girls by Tuesday, October twenty first. Officials have announced Friday officials had announced Friday, October seventeenth, that it had rescued had reached a ceasefire deal with Boko Haram that would allow the release of the girls. In the statement, however, was met with hope but also skepticism as Nigeria has been engaged in five years of violence and the Nigerian military has twice falsely claimed to have rescued some or all of the girls. Up to 370 prisoners were freed late Saturday night on October 18th in a raid in a town in the Democratic Republic of Congo, or DRC. Only 20 were recovered by the next morning. Many point the blame towards the Allied Democratic Forces, or ADF, a Ugandan armed group but some locals from the raided town claim the attack was carried out by unrelated bandits. The North Kivu province of the DRC has faced heavy violence over the past 10 days, with reports of approximately 80 killed thus far. Monday, October 20th, Indonesia inaugurated a new president that, for the first time in its history, is not from the established military or political elite. Joko Widodo, who's popularly known as Joko Wee, was was former furniture was a former furniture exporter and was the first elect and was first elected as mayor of the city solo and then the governor of the capital Jakarta. Widodo managed to reach the position of president in the world's third largest democracy without trading support for jobs, which has endeared him to the people, but has also left him with staunch opposers to his reforms. His first acts will be also closely watched as he attempts to tackle Indonesia's slow growth, its government's deteriorating finances, and heavy oil subsidy bills. An Australian decision made on October 2nd to seat people wearing face veils in separate glass public enclosures in the country's Parliament House was discarded Monday, October 20th, in response to an immense outcry by human rights and race discrimination groups. The verdict was made after intense debates about safety risks, since the rise of the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, or ISIL. Australia has already faced a few threats from supporters of the organization and have thus sharply increased security at the Parliament House. Its government had also raised its terror warning to the third tier on a four-tier scale last month in response to the domestic danger. And that's the news for this week. Back to you, Nick.
2: Thanks, Sydney. MSA is the acronym for the Department of Multicultural Student Affairs here at NC State. They offer a lot of services on campus, and our contributor Michaela had the chance to speak with some of the directors. Here's what they had to say.
3: My name is Nelson Santiago. I am the Assistant Director
4: for Latino Student Affairs. E. T Stroud, uh, Assistant Director for Native American Student Affairs.
5: Jasmine Markby, Assistant Director for African American Student Affairs. What do you guys do here on campus for MSA?
3: Well, all of us, as far as the Assistant Directors, do a similar job based on the culture that we are working with. Um, based on race and ethnicity so all of us start off the beginning of the school year uh with a symposium there is an african-american a native american and uh a latino uh symposium and that's a way to connect with incoming freshmen and incoming students entering ncsu and be able to connect with them and give them an academic support but with a touch of culture
5: The only other thing that we also do, um, as Nelson mentioned, twofold in terms of academic support and also that personal support that we meet with students individually to talk with things that they may not want to talk with their advisor about or other issues that are going on on campus that may affect them. And we also advise the different student organizations that are based in culture, and so supporting their programs and initiatives is part of what we do as well.
0: So do you start off with certain goals in mind?
5: Yes. The idea is that our office will work together and all of our offices will work together. I think one of our goals for this specific year is helping our different student organizations and different communities of students to work with one another a little bit more and look at collaborating and partnering on different programs and initiatives together um, as opposed to everyone kind of being in their own silo. How would you achieve that goal?
4: Uh, we achieve that goal through a variety of different programs that we do that uh, we implement throughout the year. For instance, uh, I work with Native American students. So I'm very big into leadership, but I do a lot of work with uh, trying to promote uh, opportunities for students to get involved as far as through our office, uh, through the many different programs that I have done. Uh, recently did our American Indian Recruitment Days program where we brought 21 Native American students, high school students here uh, to NCSU, um, and that was led by two student coordinators. They were volunteers. They participated. They ran uh, everything from from selection to recruitment to implementation. So it allowed those students to kind of learn and get some new additional transfer, uh, transferable leadership. As well as our student communities that we uh, I oversee as well. Our student communities plan our do our large programming. So with Native American Heritage Month, that's all planned by students. Uh, our powwow, our annual powwow, which is going to be uh, March twenty first, it's our twenty fifth annual powwow. That's all planned by students. So. Again, promoting that that leadership opportunity, as well as academic outreach. Uh, We try to do our best to kind of reach out to those students who are having some academic academic difficulty and try to see how we can help promote them in a holistic and intrusive way, um, what we call intrusive advising, where we sit down with a student and go, okay, tell us what exactly you're doing, what is going on. um, Besides, like, so you're not studying enough because there's more than that.
5: We also have um, an initiative this year called the Multicultural Leaders Collaborative in which we invite student leaders from uh, all of our different communities and communities around campus, in fact, to come together and they can talk about the different issues facing their communities, they talk about upcoming events, and offer opportunities for collaboration. They can say, hey, we have this program we're thinking about. Are any of your groups thinking about this? Do you want to partner with us? How can we work together? On most things. So that's another thing that kind of promotes unity throughout. And our um, second meeting of the year is going to be on Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. in Witherspoon, Room 356. So groups are welcome to come and share their opinions and hear about different communities on campus as well. I guess to kind of go off of that, how do your goals coincide with NC State's goals in terms of what you guys do? Um, so NC State, of course, have has a strategic plan and then also the Office for Institutional Equity and Diversity, in which our office is our office, umbrella office. Um, they also have a diversity strategic plan as well that's inter- hopefully going to be integrated into that same plan. But the idea of student success is really big with us in the, the university's plan as well. So in terms of student success, we believe that students are developing leadership skills through the programs that we offer and are developing as students and being able to work in a world that is much more diverse and ever increasingly diverse. Um, and so some, some of the skills that they're learning with our programs that they're going to take out into the workforce as well. And of course, NC State's goals um, are for students to be able to work in a diverse workplace, but also to um, be academically successful. And that's what we're helping students do, because we believe that students, in order to be academically successful, everything else needs to be in place. They need to understand where they come from, their background, their communities, their culture, and then they can also be successful in the classroom. So we kind of help with both of those aspects. Do you guys have anything else that you want to
4: add? Yeah, uh, November is our Native American Heritage Month. We have a variety of different programming, uh, starting off with uh, our cultural night, which is going to be November 6th. And uh, tally three at uh, 3285. So that's open to all students. We hope that you all come out and uh,
1: and the
5: only thing, thing I would say is that our office is in 1107 Pullen Hall. We'll be moving to tally at some point, but right now that's where we're located, and everyone is welcome. Sometimes people feel like they have to be of a certain ethnicity or identity in order to work with us or to meet us or come in our space. Um, but we certainly welcome all students to come, and even if it's just to talk about you know how your day is going or you need to print or anything like that, um, but we also do offer. Lots of different events. So people, whether it's your own culture or not, people can come to powwow. You don't have to be a Native American to so come to powwow. So come and learn about other cultures and also share your own culture in our space as well.
3: Also, this Saturday, October 25th is Sal Sabor. Uh, it's the uh, last event for Hispanic Heritage Month, and it'll be hosted in Tally Ballroom from 6 to 9 p.m. There'll be a live band playing, uh, uh, dance lessons before the concert actually begins, and should be a great event.
5: And, of course, we have Twitter, Instagram, our website. All of those things are um, great places to find out what's going on. And if you just search NCSU MSA or Multicultural Student Affairs, you'll be able to find all of our social media as well.
0: For Eye on the Triangle, I'm
5: Michaela O'Connor.
2: Thanks, Michaela. As part of Diversity Education Week, NC State is hosting its very own Islam Fair here on campus, and contributor Sarah got to speak with one of the organizers. It's something to look forward to and should be good. Here's their discussion.
0: MSA and the Women's Center will be hosting an Islam fair tomorrow night from 6 to 8 p.m. in Caldwell Lounge to teach students about Islam. Here to tell me about the fair is Fatima Haddaji, a former president of MSA and one of the event's organizers. Welcome, Fatima. Thank you. It's good to be here. First of all, can you tell me what students should expect when they go to the fair?
6: Well, the fair setting is supposed to be a very fun, casual environment where people can learn about the religion of Islam and also be introduced and get to know Muslims on campus. So hopefully they should expect and actually get a lot of activities and discussions. And also we hope to have cultural food and cultural displays such as an art gallery and all kinds of other activities so that students are able to sit through and walk through a bunch of experiences where they're able to learn material about Islam and also just experience it through taste and feel and observation and also just getting to know a lot of students on campus that are Muslim.
0: Is there one particular aspect or activity in the fair that you're particularly excited about?
6: I'm actually really excited about the fact that for once... Um, A lot of the events we do through the Muslim Students Association are ones where we're just there kind of sending a message or um, having a presentation where we are teaching a lot of material all at once about Islam. And because of recent events and also just kind of the way the world works today, unfortunately there are a lot of misconceptions about the faith. And I think the best way that we've realized to kind of defy these misconceptions is by actually meeting people, no matter what the subject is, really, and actually getting a real-life experience of what people who identify themselves as Muslim are like. And so we hope this event is going to be sort of an exciting way to actually get to talk and have back-and-forth conversations with people instead of just presenting all the material all at once, and really get to have experiences where we can all kind of come to a common ground and realize that we're a lot more alike than we are different, and that a lot of misconceptions can simply be defied through conversation and and getting to know each other.
0: What would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions that people tend to have about Islam?
6: Well, clearly because of current events and a lot of media exposure um, to certain events in the world today, there is a a big issue in how violence and terrorism are very much affiliated to Islam. And so there has become this sort of stigma to the label Muslim or the label Islam, unfortunately. And that is very hurtful to someone who identifies themselves as Muslim, but also hurtful to the knowledge that someone gains by simply having one source of media or one source of information. They kind of indirectly and um, unintentionally become ignorant to certain facts about Islam. So I think the whole the whole idea of how terrorism, a lot of people think terrorism relates to Islam or violence relates to Islam, is a very false fact. Um, and It's not a fact, actually, so it's very false. And I think we hope to defy this misconception by uh, touching on some current events that have happened recently and talking about, how peace is uh, very much one of the core values of Islam and how we live our lives, obviously not in support of a lot of things that are going on around the world, and how we truly do believe that there are misrepresentations of our faith.
0: Now, the fair also has a gender focus, especially since you guys are partnering with the Women's Center. Is there a reason that you decided to highlight women in Islam? Well, I think that's also because of another misconception
6: that that is... Uh, been existent for a while now and that is regarding oppression and inequality and so we really hope to represent what a what it's really like to be a woman in islam and also because we are co-sponsored with the Women's Center on campus. We really wanted to be able to have both organizations be represented through one event. And so we decided to have a gender perspective on Islam so that way we can start the conversation about how equality exists in the religion and how women are absolutely given endless rights. And so that way, people are able to come and learn about many things. So they're able, able to learn about gender rights and gender roles and also able to have conversations about Islam and how it exists in the world today. And and it's true, It it has a lot to do with gender roles because you see other countries and other cultures where it's possible that It seems that Islam isn't giving rights to women or giving rights to certain genders. And in, in fact, the faith itself at its core does give a lot of rights and absolutely equal rights to gender. And so we hope to represent that by having a very objective event, one that isn't a lot according to cultures and their traditions, and rather according to fact and what the religion actually stands for through working with the Women's Center as well.
0: And how do you plan to do this? Do you plan to have, you know, translated verses of the Quran, or how do you plan to show, like, the facts and say, hey, this is a part of the faith, and this misconception arose from a cultural tradition? So sort of how an information
6: fair is usually set up is that there are booths where people are able to go around in a voluntary way and sort of choose any topic that kind of appeals to them and and get more information. So the way we wanted to set up this event and why we call it an Islam Fair is because we hope to have different booths that have different subjects. So some of the subjects include gender roles in the Qur'an. So that is a booth where we will be providing information about how gender roles are defined in the holy book for Muslims, which is the Qur'an. And then also we hope to have other discussions and other booths that cover topics such as hijab, which is the the veil and the dress code for Muslim women, and um, also other topics all around the room, uh, again in Caldwell Lounge. And so we want people to be able to walk around and learn about different topics by having discussions and also we have aspects that are also sort of non-informational and more Indirect and those are the uh, art gallery and the cultural food that we hope to have and the photo booth. So these are parts of the event where we want people to go in and literally experience parts of cultures around the world that are Muslim or literally experience the talents that Muslims have here on campus through viewing art and tasting food and experiencing culture through taking photos and all of these things. So we really want to touch on every sense almost at this event and really be able to teach people in many ways and also learn from them, and sort of get start these conversations about how Muslims exist on campus and how we can get to know each other and, and come to, again, a common ground with everyone um, That is that is part of the identity of the Wolf Pack.
0: Very well said. Now, also, since this is kind of a student run event, I guess you would say, will you also be inviting religious leaders to come talk to students and maybe provide them an expert opinion along with what students have to say, which might be more personal?
6: So one of the cool things about the Muslim community here in Raleigh is that we have a, a mosque around the corner. It's on off of Gorman Street. And so that is something that we feel very lucky to have because, yes, indeed, we're able to invite people who are um, directly from the mosque, so directly sort of experts of the religion. And also, because we have that mosque, um, a lot of the students here on campus grew up in this area, and they were able to learn a lot about Islam by going to the Islamic school through all through elementary school and high school and middle school. And so we actually have a lot of students who have, for example, memorized the entire Quran or have learned specifically about Islamic studies and are pretty much experts of the faith. And we also ha- hope to have different um, chair members of the mosque that will join us that night and be able to share information and, and be there to represent both the mosque and to explain to people how that works and, of course, welcome them to our community and also to represent the different roles that are that exist in a Muslim community because Raleigh very much happens to be a fully um, multifaceted Muslim community with both the educational aspects and the cultural aspects and, and every end almost. So we hope to have a lot of members of the Muslim community there to re- teach about Islam.
0: Now, is there just one thing in particular that if you could teach students or just tell people right now that you want them to learn about Islam, what would it be?
6: I think it would be very much on the end and the idea of peace. And so a lot of people don't know that literally the word Islam roots from the Arabic word salam and that salam means peace. It means peace in Arabic and in Hebrew. Shalom sounds a lot like salam, which also means peace and is a very it is a very very strong and foundational part of islam so that is probably the number 1 message i would send out there is that since i was born so i was born muslim and since anyone ever begins being muslim sort of they are taught on the basis of peace and they are taught to be peaceful people people who submit to god and to also people who are Working to better their environment and better the the lives of the people around them. So a lot of the goals that we have because we are Muslim, a lot of the things we do are according to our faith. Since the Quran and the ways of the prophets are guides to our lives, a lot of the things we do are according to our faith. And... If you ask any Muslim that you meet, a lot of the things that they aim to do in life are to change people's lives or to better people's conditions. And these all root from the main values that we have as Muslims to to serve our communities and to volunteer and to sort of it's create this peace amongst others so that's why we have this event really because we don't want that stigma to exist and we don't want any sort of anger to exist against a faith that is truly based off of peace and a lot of um, good traditions and goodwill um, and we also want to be able to have an opportunity where we can represent that we are all human being and that's really that's all that matters. And so there are a lot of things that we have in common and things that we can relate to each other because we are each people with personalities and and other likes and things that we enjoy to do. And we hope to find those commonalities both through this event and really through experiences with Muslims. So I think really the image of peace and um, also the fact that we are all alike in a way are big messages that I would like to send to campus.
0: And say students aren't able to make it out to the Islam Fair tomorrow night. Is there anyone students could talk to if they are still interested in learning about Islam? So
6: the Islam Fair, as we've said before, is co-sponsored by the Women's Center and also by the Muslim Students Association. So if anyone is ever curious about any sort of material, one of the committees we have is called the Outreach Committee, and it is an informational committee that revolves around teaching others about islam and it also revolves around surveying campus and and getting messages from other students about what they would like to learn about islam so we have a facebook page which is the ncsu muslim students association and we have a twitter and an email which is ncsumsa at gmail.com all of which are hopefully resources for students to kind of reach out and ask questions and be open and comfortable with their curiosities about Islam because, of course, there are a lot of questions. And so we hope to be a resource to answer people's questions. And also, uh, the Islam Fair is only the beginning of what we hope to have to be many events that we have um, that teach about Islam and and start these sorts of conversations. So we want to have more uh, informational tables out on campus for people to ask questions. And we want to have more events where people are able to learn about specific material And also just social events so that we're all able to meet each other and get to know each other. And I think that's really one of the purposes of Diversity Education Week is to have these events to be the beginning and the spark of all of these uh, ideas and openness towards diversity and curiosity towards diversity, so that after this week is over, people have many more questions and many more uh, interests in the different cultures that exist on campus, and then they're able to reach out to all these people and comfortably talk about the things that they have in common or, or to experience each other's differences in a beautiful way.
0: Great conversations from a great environment in our NC State community and university is there anything else that you would like to add in general about Islam Fair or Diversity Week? I think you pretty much summed everything up. But
6: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have uh, spoken a lot on the issue. But So I just really honestly hope that this week is one that everyone gets to, even if it's just one culture or one identity that they learn about, I really hope that it becomes a week where people open their eyes to a lot more while still being on campus, not having to go far. And and that's really it. I'm, I'm really glad and thankful that Diversity Education Week is being held on this campus so that way people are able to represent themselves. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming.
0: And the Islam Fair is called A Look Into Islam with a gender focus. And again, it will be held tomorrow night in Caldwell Lounge from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So consider stopping by. For I Am the Triangle, I'm Sarah Awad.
2: Thanks, Sarah. So each Diversity Education Week event has a password that goes with it, and when people attend each event, they get the password, and then you can go to the DEW, the Diversity Education Week website, and enter the passwords for two events, and if you do it for two events, you are entered into a drawing for some prizes. We here at Eye on the Triangle are happy to be a part of Diversity Education Week, and your listening to this program is not only very much appreciated by everyone who contributes to making this show possible, but it does count for having attended a Diversity Education Week event as well. That means that we do, in fact, have a code for our listeners who wish to get credit and maybe win some prizes. That code is EYE, as in I, for eye on the triangle. And you can redeem your credit for having attended our broadcast at go.ncsu.edu slash DEW. Again, the passcode is EYE, and the website is go.ncsu.edu slash DEW. NC State's GLBT Center is a very unique resource here on campus, and its leadership has recently changed. The new director took time out of her busy schedule to speak with us for this week's Eye on the Triangle. The GLBT Center here at NC State has a new director, Renee Wells, as of a few months ago. Though she's new to NC State, her career brings years of experience with not only members of the GLBT community on college campuses, but students of all sorts.
7: I came here from Michigan Technological University. I was the assistant director of the Center for Diversity and Inclusion, which was a center on campus that served all of our underrepresented students, so our GLBT students as well as women and all of our students of color, so our Native American students, African American and Latino students. And so um, it was a pretty small campus comparatively. We only had about 7,000 students. And so we had one center that kind of was a one-stop shop for everyone which was also really nice because it allowed us to do a lot of collaborative work across identity groups with our students.
2: Having come from this kind of all-encompassing student coverage, it's no surprise that Renee and the other student centers on campus are increasingly working together to bring special events to NC State.
7: The Jill Center is one of four cultural centers housed under the Office of Institutional Equity and Diversity, which we lovingly call OIED. And so in addition to the GLBC Center, we have the Women's Center, Multicultural Student Affairs, as well as the African American Cultural Center. And the directors of those four centers are actually currently planning to host a series of collaborative events in the spring semester to bring our student organizations together uh, to focus on social justice advocacy work across identity groups. And we'll be hosting Mandy Carter, who is a local activist who lives in Durham and who has a long history of fighting for Civil rights across identity groups dating back to the 1960s.
2: Since this week is Diversity Education Week, the GLBT Center is hosting several events, including the popular I Heart Diversity t-shirt giveaway tomorrow at 1130 near the south side of the Free Expression Tunnel, known as Wolf Plaza. In addition, the center will be hosting Project Safe Ally training, which is common to campuses around the country, including at Renee's prior schools. However, she also has experience with similar programs targeted to other communities.
7: I have always done ally training, which is specific to the GLBT community, and I had a similar program, which was called Safe Place, at my previous institution. But in addition to that, we had a cultural competency training model, which was something we designed to be a progressive eight-step training model that students, staff, and faculty could go through, and depending on... The context, it could take anywhere from a semester to two years. But that training was both broader and more in-depth. It covered diversity and cultural competency in a much more inclusive sense. It focused on every kind of identity and every kind of discrimination and oppression. And it built from just recognizing the different aspects of diversity to thinking about issues of discrimination, how those function in our society, how we all come to learn stereotypes and how they impact the way we interact with others, what privileges and how it impacts our lives, how to uh, deal with conflict management, how to have difficult conversations. So it gets increasingly intense and interactive. And by the end of it, people are engaged in very high-risk role-play situations where they're talking about high-level oppression scenarios and having to talk about how to facilitate conversations with individuals and groups around those issues and the training was really intense and interactive but people responded well to it and we have continually revised it because a lot of the scenarios that we have students think about and talk about are current things so for instance back in february of 2014 there were a whole series of laws introduced around the country called Religious Freedom Laws, designed to make it legal for businesses to refuse service to GLBT individuals for religious purposes. And so that was a current event. So when we did our April training for student leaders from housing, we actually had some video clips from the news around that particular situation, and they discussed that as part of their conversation around different kinds of discrimination. And so we pull things and continually adapt the training to keep it current with what's going on. And while we were, while I was still at the university, we actually sold the entire packaged model to several other
2: universities. And this kind of training is actually available right here at NC State.
7: OIED actually has a whole arm of its division that's focused on education and training. So they offer quite a range of workshops and seminars that students, faculty, staff, and community members can sign up for. So there's quite a bit going on here.
2: NC State's GLBT Ally Program is called Project Safe, and training will be taking place tomorrow.
7: The intent is to train faculty, staff, and students to be allies, which means educating them about the needs of GLBT students, as well as how to support and assist students if they have questions or need to be connected to resources. And then, of course, the specific part is training them on the on-campus and off-campus resources available
2: And speaking of those resources, there are several provided by NC State's GLBT Center.
7: So our primary mission is to support and serve GLBT students in order to make sure that they stay at state and are successful and graduate. So we do a lot of different things in order to fulfill that mission. We, you know, assist them with personal issues. These days, a lot of them are very specific to our trans-identified students who might need assistance in terms of locating qualified medical professionals in the area to assist with hormone therapy or other trans-specific medical needs. Our trans students may also need assistance navigating the institution in terms of housing, how to change their names on student records, how to work with faculty to help other students in the class understand the name that they go by, the pronouns that they use, etc. General Issues might have to do with helping students who might have conflict or tension with roommates around issues of sexual orientation or gender identity or expression, helping to maybe mediate conflict or just raise awareness, dealing with maybe people who aren't supportive, and some of the issues that might surround that. Say, for example, a student comes out to their parents and their parents aren't supportive. That can have implications in terms of, the student's financial situation and their ability to continue at school. We're currently working on developing a whole series of presentations tailored to different aspects of housing, including a whole series of modules for each of the villages on campus that connect to the theme of the village. So we're working to really create a lot of resources that RAs can use within their individual halls or villages to help educate students and engage them and hopefully develop new allies. We also provide leadership development opportunities. So we work pretty closely with the GLBT Community Alliance student organization in terms of helping them be successful, and we provide leadership retreats for them twice a year. We also help students connect with professional development opportunities. So there are quite a few national conferences that target GLBT students, such as the Out for Work conference. And quite a few conferences specific to students majoring in STEM fields. So there's an Out to Innovate conference and an Out for Undergraduate Technology conference and an Out in STEM conference. And so helping students learn about those opportunities and teaching them how to fundraise so that they can take advantage of those opportunities. And there are also national professional organizations for GLBT students in STEM. So connecting them to those and the resources available that can help them Get on the track to career success is part of what we do. We're quite busy, but that's just actually one part of what we do, which is the student support work. We also do the education and training piece, which includes both our Project SAFE trainings as well as our Trans 101, which is a module that goes more in-depth about the trans community and is more educational because the trans community is incredibly diverse. Transgender is an umbrella term for a whole host of different identity expressions and gender identities and so educating people about what that looks like and how being trans in whatever way students embody that might impact their experiences and might make them more susceptible to discrimination or harassment and help people understand the resources available.
2: Students seeking to get involved with the GLBT community, either on campus or off campus, have a lot of opportunities.
7: We host a number of events throughout the year, and so students who might not be actively involved with the student organization for a variety of reasons might show up for those and connect with people there. There's also a lot of opportunities to engage with the community locally. There's an LGBT Center of Raleigh. There are different kinds of organizations, such as, Gisbon, which is an organization for graduate students at NC State, Duke, and UNC Chapel Hill. And they collectively meet and kind of rotate where they meet across the different areas of the triangle.
2: In addition, the GLBT Center is hosting Laverne Cox here at NC State on Tuesday, November 11th at 7 p.m. For those who are not sure who that is, here's Renee.
7: Laverne Cox has many kinds of fame. She is probably most famous for her role on Orange is the New Black, for which she has won much acclaim in many awards, but she's also made quite a name for herself as a very visible and outspoken activist for the trans community. And so she will be coming to NC State to give a presentation called Ain't I a Woman, My Journey to Womanhood that will explore what it means to be a trans woman, and hopefully in doing so, she will provide a great deal of engagement and education for those who attend.
2: The GLBT Center is located in Harrelson Hall, room 360. For those who think the center isn't the place for them, Renee has this to say.
7: One thing that's important to appreciate about the GLBT Center that I think people have a lot of misconceptions about is that it's not a space just for GLBT individuals. It is a great space to come if you have questions or if you'd like to connect. We have a number of students who are involved with the center who are allies and who are members of the GLBT Community Alliance. And a lot of students get involved for different reasons. They may have friends who are a member of the GLBT community. Some students were raised with same-sex parents. Some students have, may, might have a brother or sister or a close friend who's out. So, you know, people get involved for different reasons. Some people get involved because they're social justice advocates and they understand the need to engage and support the community. But it's also a space for students to come, you know, if they're trying to learn more about the community, maybe they don't know very much and aren't particularly comfortable, but maybe they've met someone on campus who identifies and it's made them curious and want to learn more. So they're welcome to come into the center. We have a lot of resources. We can also, you know, sit down with folks and answer questions. We also have a lending library that students can check out materials from. Faculty can utilize as a classroom resource. So we've got quite a bit going on.
2: For the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage. And now, here's Dave with your campus happenings for the following week.
8: Hello, hello, hello. This is Dave with your community calendar. As Nick has previously mentioned, it is Diversity Education Week, so I'm going to cover all those events and then go back and cover all the other events on campus For the following week, ever heard of a microaggression? Tomorrow morning is a presentation about microaggressions in everyday life and their implications for higher education. Microaggressions are the everyday verbal, nonverbal, and environmental slights, snubs, or insults that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative messages to members of marginalized groups. Speaker Darrell Wing Sue. A pioneer in the field of multicultural psychology, education, and counseling will focus specifically on the manifestation, dynamics, and impact of microaggressions in higher education. Catch his presentation from 10.30 to 11.45 in the Hunt Library Auditorium. Open to all NC State students, Project SAFE training will be taking place tomorrow from 1 to 4 p.m. in Harrelson Room 330. This program aims to create both inclusive and welcoming spaces for GLBT students. Participants will learn about basic safe space principles, identity development, and how to be an ally. The Islam Fair will be taking place tomorrow evening to teach about Islam as it exists both in the U.S. and around the world through games, discussion, food, and art. Catch the event from 6 to 8 p.m. in the Caldwell Lounge. A diversity in the workplace workshop will be taking place tomorrow from 6:30 to 8 p.m. in Nelson Room 133400. Sorry, repeat that. Nelson Room 3400. The event is designed to highlight the importance of cultural competence within a professional environment and to help students understand why diverse groups working together in a business setting plays in a business setting plays a critical role. In the success of an organization, sorry. If you're hungry tomorrow evening, check out the African Student Union's Taste of Africa in Witherspoon 126 at 7.30 p.m. Students and families are invited to come sample a variety of cuisines from several regions of Africa and also enjoy a drum circle, henna, music, dance instructions, and lots more. And all of that was on Wednesday, tomorrow. Okay, so Thursday is uh, Ally Rally on Wolf Plaza from noon to 2.30 The rally will feature an iHeart Diversity t-shirt group photo as well as discussions on how to support diverse communities at the university. Thursday evening, the film Cracking the Codes, The System of Racial Inequity, will be showing in the coastal ballroom of Tally Student Union at 6 p.m. Also Thursday evening at 6 p.m. is the College of Natural Resources' 85th anniversary celebration. The event is open to the NC State community and invites people to come enjoy global cuisine, entertainment, including me, exhibits, and activities. The African Student Union is hosting a panel discussion Thursday night about culture and intimate relationships and how they affect our choices. Stop by 210 Park Shops from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. to join that discussion. Friday, a panel of students along with a representative from the Disability Service Office's will discuss what life is like for students with disabilities and for their peer advocates. The event will be an open discussion, with questions from the audience strongly encouraged. Saturday is Salsa Bor, an NC State tradition where students, faculty, and the neighboring community come together and enjoy the richness of the Musica Latina, especially salsa. The event will feature dance performances, dance lessons, and a musical performance from the Triangle's own orchestra, Gardel. And that about wraps up Diversity Education Week. To find out all about all about all of these events, visit go.ncsu.edu DEW. And if all of that wasn't enough for you, here's what else is going on this week. So tomorrow at 4.30, Chairman and CEO of BB&T, Kelly King, will speak on the topic Positive Leadership in Challenging Times. The College of Agriculture and Life Sciences will be hosting its Internship and Career Expo on Thursday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. All students are invited to attend and explore full-time and intern job opportunities, as well as volunteer organizations and professional development opportunities. Music industry veteran and entrepreneur Ken Weiss will give a speech Thursday evening about opportunities for the emerging music entrepreneur. Mr. Weiss has started companies in the music live production, and broadcast industries, and offers unparalleled insight into the music industry and the opportunities available. Catch his talk from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in the Hunt Library Auditorium. Friday evening, NC State's Center Stage presents Luck Plush Productions' performance of The Q. The Chicago-based Dance Theater Company has been recognized for its complex choreography, moving content, surprising humor, and incisive commentary on contemporary culture. Catch the performance Friday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. in Thompson Hall. Saturday morning, University Recreation is hosting a Monster Dash, a Halloween-themed obstacle and challenge race on Centennial Campus. Teams of four will take on various physical and mental obstacles with music, food, and fun at the end to celebrate. More information at recreation.ncsu.edu. And finally, this weekend at the campus cinema, the movies Step Up All In, Transformers Age of Extinction, and Teen Wolf will be showing. For times, visit uab.ncsu.edu. And that is everything happening around campus this week. For more information on these events and more, visit ncsu.edu/calendar. Thank you.
2: Thanks for that very extensive uh community calendar, Dave appreciate it. Again, if you wish to claim credit for having attended a Diversity Education Week event and potentially win some prizes, you can go enter the code EYE at go.ncsu.edu. dew And that's all we have for you this evening. As always, if you heard anything you liked or you hated or anything that made you think, you can let us know and tweet at us at WKNC underscore EOT, where you can also catch up on some more local news. Also, be sure to check out our blog at blog.wknc.org, where you can also download our podcast, which I promise to update very soon. After Hours is up next at 8 o'clock, and you can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week right here at 88.1 WKNC. We'd like to thank our international news correspondent, Sydney, and contributors, Michaela and Sarah. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage. Good night. Good
0: night.